Thankful for the wonderful worship testimonies, the wonderful Sunday school. It's already been a good place to be, and I'm thankful for that. And I'm glad we can open up God's Word today, aren't you? Uh, You know, there are so many people that are looking for just a special word from God, you know. And uh, I'll tell you something that might concern you for a second or two. But I'll tell you what, do you realize I heard the voice of God this morning? I heard from God today, you know, I heard his voice exactly what, and he he gave me a special message today. You know where he gave it to me? When I opened up his word, he gave a word right to me. Amen. But you know what the best part is? He didn't just give it to me. So you don't have to wait till I tell you what God taught. You can get in here and read it yourself. No matter what time, no matter where, when, uh, aren't you? I'm glad we've got God's word today. Uh, Some people are looking for something extra. I'm telling you what, we've got everything we need right here. Uh, You're saying, well, Mike, I I wish I had some more. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're saved today, we'll get more than this but it'll be when we're standing in front of Jesus Christ that's when we'll get more than this until then this is plenty enough amen I'm thankful for God's word but John chapter 10 we're going to look at verse 22 you were scared there for a minute I think some of you were worried I had some kind of prophetic message or something like that uh, the only prophecy I know are, are a couple things when they say it's going to rain it prop it may or it may not uh, that that's my prophetic word uh, and then the other one is uh, uh, when this world, uh, I'm telling you, I, I can really prophesy when it comes to this world. This world is looking for satisfaction in all the wrong places and they won't find it. There you go. There's a couple prophecies right there. That's easy. Uh, but I, I'm glad we've got a sure word, aren't you? I'm glad we've got a, uh, we've got the words of God that will help us today. Uh, but John 10, 22 is talking about Jesus and it was at Jerusalem the feast of the dedication and it was winter and Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch then came the Jews round about him and said unto him how long dost thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ tell us plainly Jesus answered them, I told you and you believe not the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all and no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand I and my father are one then the Jews took up stones again to stone him Lord we thank you for your word today Lord we thank you that it's precious and Lord I pray that this message today Lord that it wouldn't be just to tickle our ears wouldn't just be to uh, to add knowledge to our brains but Lord I pray that you'd uh, that we would understand it live it you we could hide it in our hearts today and Lord I pray that your word would do what it's supposed to Lord with the Holy Spirit will touch our hearts Lord will convict us where we need convicting and Lord teach us draw us to you if there's any lost I pray that they'd come to know you any backslidden or any confused Lord I pray that they would find the truth Lord and that you would restore and Lord I pray that all of us Lord would draw closer to you in this and in Jesus name we pray and amen 
So a lot of times I give you the introduction, but verses 22 and 23 kind of introduce themselves. It gives us the time and the place. Uh, the time was verse 22, the Feast of Dedication. We would call that Hanukkah today. That's what we would call it. So this, it's winter time. It's December uh, there. And, and verse 23 tells us uh, that Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Well, really, uh, verses 21 to 22, we know in verse 22 and before then, and it was a different feast. So we know that two months have passed between verses 21 and 22. We got two months where we don't know what Jesus said. We don't know what he did. But I'm telling you, John tells us uh, that what is in here is for us. It's to draw us to God. It is for our learning. Uh, it is to show us who Jesus was. So we've got a gap in time. But here again, this is the next important thing. He's at Solomon's porch. This is the, uh, you know, so the Temple Mount, this is the one, the east side of it. I'm backwards, so this would be the east side for you. Uh, there's this covered area, uh, kind of had a roof that would keep it out of the weather a little bit. And that's where Jesus is just walking along. He doesn't have a crowd yet. He's not gathered. He's not teaching anyone. He did that often, but he hadn't yet. And look at verse 24. Then the, uh, came the Jews uh, and around about him and said unto him, how long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. So this group of Jews just comes unannounced, comes up. They surround Jesus, go round about him, and they ask him this question. And really in the question, if you look at it, they're blaming Jesus. Do you see that? They're saying, we doubt who you are, Jesus, and it's your fault, right? You, how long does thou make us to doubt? That's what they're asking, whether he's the Christ or not. And see here, I, I believe this, that if they would have really thought his teaching were too complex or too hard to understand, and they would have came to Jesus and said something like, we're struggling, Jesus, with the fact that you claim that you're Christ. Can you help us to understand the scriptures and how you fulfill that? I believe if they would have came to Jesus with the right heart and the right inquiry, he would have taught them right then and there and showed them that he's the Christ. I believe he would have. But that's not how they came to him. They said, Jesus, you are causing us to doubt. Make it plain. They're demanding it from him. They're blaming Jesus. And, and here's the thing. They didn't have that desire, but I believe their motives were they wanted to get him to say he was the king of the Jews so then they could haul him off to the Romans and kind of speed up everything and say that he's a threat to Rome. Uh, but that, uh, so Jesus didn't take the bait or whatever you want to call it, but he answers them in verse 25. I, I told you and ye believed not. Listen, there are going to be people that stand in judgment in front of Jesus Christ and they're going to have some kind of excuse and they're going to blame Jesus for the reason why they're in hell. Right? They're going to say, God, you never told me. You never made it plain. I didn't really understand. And it's your fault, Jesus. I believe there are people that do that. 
And you know what Jesus' answer to anyone that stands before him in judgment and claims uh, that he never made it plain? I believe he's going to say the same thing he said to those Jews. I told you and you believe not. And then the next line is going to come from Matthew 7, 23. And, I, and then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. And then they're gone, never to see Jesus again. They're blaming him, but it's not his fault. They're saying it is, but you know what the fault is? They didn't believe him. That's the problem. The Jews didn't believe Jesus. And here's the thing. If you don't believe in Jesus today, it's not Jesus's fault that you don't believe him. We can't blame it on the fact that he didn't make it plain. We can't blame it on the fact that he didn't tell us right from wrong. He said, I've written it into the sky that you know that there's a God and there's a creator. And then uh, if you just look up into the sky and you ask God to make it plain, I believe he will today. Because they always come up with these questions. What about this tribe or whatever? Listen, every tribe they've ever encountered that had never seen civilized man had the same thing. They were worshiping something. And all they need is someone to tell them who. And that's it. Here's the thing. You can't blame him. And here's the thing. They're trying to say, hey, uh, you didn't make it plain. Yet they tried to stone him several times already. Jesus, just like in this passage, remember when Jesus healed the man that couldn't walk there by the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath day? They wanted to kill him because he said in John 5, 17, my father worketh hitherto and I work. He was putting himself on the same line of God the Father, right? Because he said, I'm doing his will. God the Father works on the Sabbath. I'm working on the Sabbath. They wanted to kill him for that. John 15, 18, therefore the Jews sought the more to kill him because he had not only broken the Sabbath, but he said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. It was so plain they picked up stones. Amen. It was plain. John chapter eight, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. The Jews refused to believe it. And they were arguing with Jesus, said we're Abraham's seed and everything else. Uh, Jesus responded in John 8, 58, verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. You know what the next verse starts with? Then they took up stones to cast at him. They understood when see, he said, I am, and I'm before Abraham. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying. That's why they picked up stones. It was so plain, they were getting ready to kill him again. But here's their question, verse 24. How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. They were not confused. I don't believe it for a second they were confused. They refused to believe it. Here's the truth. You may come into here and you hear the gospel presented time in and time in and out and over and over again and you've heard it different ways and from different ministers you cannot say uh, that we make things too confusing listen if anybody when i get up here and preach i try to make it as simple as possible because although i have all those degrees and all the books and education and everything else my mind works a lot simpler than you would think so to get me to understand it, I got to keep it simple for myself. So then why, if I need it simple, would I make it complex? No, we're going to preach the word plainly. And you're without excuse. Amen. Without excuse. Neither were the Jews. 
They claimed, Jesus claimed he was sent by God. He claimed that he was equal with God. He claimed that he was God. And they refused to believe all of it. Not only that, verse 25, I told you and you believe not the works that I do in my father's name. They bear witness of me. He said, you didn't just ignore my words and not believe them. You didn't believe the miracles that I did either. You didn't believe any of that stuff. You remember when John the Baptist was in prison? He was under persecution and he started to doubt a little bit. And then he sent word back to Jesus and asked, uh, are you the one or should we look for another? Do you remember that? I'm telling you what, he got in a pretty low spot in his life and he started to doubt whether Jesus was the one. This is the forerunner of Jesus Christ. John the Baptist starts to doubt. And I'm, I'm glad when I see that story in the Bible that I'm a John the Baptist sometimes too, right? When things are going okay, it's easy to follow Christ. It's easy to trust in him. When things aren't going okay, I'm sending word back saying, is this the one? God, are your promises true? Can I really trust your word while I'm in prison? In the trial and everything else you know what jesus answered him matthew eleven four. go and show john those things which ye do hear and see the blind receive their sight and the lame walk the lepers are cleansed the deaf hear the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them hey he said hey uh, listen not only have you heard what i've said but you've seen what i said and aren't you glad in jesus's ministry at this point and the gospel he had already cleansed lepers he had already cast out unclean spirits. He had cleaned, uh, touched men that were paralyzed and allowed them to walk. He was there. They were coming up to the village of Nain and a funeral possession was coming this way and he touched the casket and he stopped everything and he raised the widow of Nain's son from the dead uh, by this point. Not only that, he had fed the 5,000, fed the 4,000. He'd restored sight to the blind. He'd walked on the water. He'd calmed the storm two different times. He healed all the sick in Capernaum, healed all the sick in Gennesaret. Uh, and not only that, in the chapter 9 that we talked about last week on Sunday morning, he healed the man that was born blind. Yeah. Remember, the Jews came up with that. Yeah. They said the Messiah will be able to heal a man born blind. They didn't get that out of the scripture. They added that. And guess what Jesus did? He said, you add another requirement, I'll do that too. Yeah. Amen? Amen? They didn't believe what he said. They didn't believe what he did. Amen. And they're blaming him. And Jesus said, no, it's your problem. It's your unbelief. Verse 26, but ye believe not because ye are not of my sheep. As I said unto you, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. This whole chapter earlier in the chapter, he talks about being a good shepherd. He talks about following the sheep. Verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd and know my sheep and have known of mine. You know what Jesus is saying? Each and every one of my sheep, I know them. But not only that, when he says, and am known of mine, he's saying, my sheep, not only do I know them, but they know me. You know what that's telling us right there is that, listen, uh, he's not just talking about an intellectual exercise, right? Because if it were, if I was trying to convince you with logic to come to Christ, I would get all these arguments. We'd have a debate and everything else, but it's not an intellectual thing. Right. Amen. If 
it was a ritual thing, we'd get all these rituals set up and all kinds of stuff you'd have to walk through and do and, 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 and crawl on your knees up the steps and everything else. But it's not a ritual thing either. You know what Jesus is saying? I've got a personal relationship with each one of my sheep and I don't have that with you. And that's why you're having a problem with me. It's a relationship. My sheep know me. He said, they know my voice and I call them by name and they follow me. You know what, Jesus, he doesn't just want your brain. He wants your heart. Amen. He wants your life. That's what he wants. And that's the problem with the Jews. They had created this specific Messiah that would do certain things, would free them from the Roman government. Uh, but here's the thing. When Jesus came and said, I'm the Messiah, uh, they wanted to pick up stones because he wasn't the right Messiah for them. That was the problem. You realize that same thing happens today. We preach and teach the true Jesus and people don't want that Jesus. They want the Jesus they've invented. They want the one they've created that's okay with everything, that doesn't have to, doesn't care about their sin, that never judges. That Jesus never had to die on the cross because you're saying that Jesus doesn't care about sin. I'm talking about the real Jesus today that saved me from my sins. And I tell you what, he knows my name, not because I'm anybody, but because I trusted in him and he wrote my name in his book, the Lamb's Book of Life with his blood. And it's there in heaven today. I don't know exactly what's in heaven. I know a couple details, but I know there's a book there with my name on it. I've never seen it with my eyes. One day I believe I will see it, but it's there because the Bible says it's there. Here's the thing. We're not going to get you to sign some commitment card or go through some ritual. We're going to introduce you to Jesus Christ so you can have a relationship with him. And he says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. Oh, we wish you didn't say the last part, right? But that's what sheep need. They need a shepherd. They're dumb. They, if you ever study them, the more I read about them and study them, they can't take care of themselves. They can't protect themselves. They don't know where to go to water. They'd have to be led for food. They have to be taken care of. And he's saying, hey, my sheep know my voice. And when I call them, they follow me. That's what we need. You're saying, well, Mike, I don't know if I've heard the voice. I've already gave it to you. It's right here. This Bible ought to lead your life. Yeah. Amen. Well, Mike, this is how he talks to me. How do I talk to him? Will we pray to him. That's how we have the conversation both ways. True sheep follow Jesus Christ. You know, it drives me crazy. It's when people act like they're close to God, act like they're saved and everything else, and they don't want to follow Jesus. They don't want to follow his word. That's a problem. Amen. His sheep follow his voice and follow him. Verse 28. I love this. If you haven't got excited yet, I hope you get excited now if you're saved. And Jesus said, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My father, which gave them me is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my father's hand. You know what Jesus explains salvation? You know what he says? I give unto them eternal life. It is a gift. 
Amen. He doesn't say I barter and give them eternal life. Uh, They do this and that and I give them or they work and I give them. No, he's saying it is a gift. How did he he purchase uh, the fact that our sins required a penalty? He died on the cross and shed his own blood. Amen. And guess what? He didn't stay dead like we've already sang about and talked about. The fact that he rose from the dead tells me that God the Father accepted the sacrifice of God the Son. Bible says if you admit you're a sinner, believe that he died for your sins and rose from the dead, you can call on Jesus' name for the forgiveness of sins. I'm glad Romans 6.23 says for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our bodies are getting older, aren't they? More pain, right? Yeah, I, I'm not that old, but I'm getting to the point where sometimes, I don't know if this happens to you, I wake up in more pain than I went to sleep, right? It should be the other way, right? It should go away when you wake up, but it doesn't always do that. And on my head, there's a competition between the hairs turning gray and falling out. And I don't know who's winning each day. We're getting older. We're getting closer to death, aren't we? But aren't you glad if you're saved today, we've got eternal life. I don't have eternal life tomorrow or in the future. I've got eternal life today. You're saying, Mike, well, you're already talking about dying and and closing your eyes in death. And if I do die before the Lord calls me home and, and takes his church home, I will immediately open my eyes. I believe and see Jesus Christ. Life's not ending for us. It's just beginning. Amen. Eternal life. That's what he's saying. I'm not going to live forever in this sin-cursed world, praise God. But one day, he's going to call us home. And here's what he says. Several different ways, several times. and not This isn't the only passage of the Bible, but throughout, he is saying that once you are saved, there is no man can take you out of the hands of God and the hands of Jesus Christ. And I say, thank God for that. I tell you what, if this world could take my salvation, they would. If the devil could take our salvation, he would, but he can't. We're secure in him today. And I say, praise God for that. You know, you can know you're saved today. Some say it's a mystery. Some say, well, uh, I'll just wait and see and, and we'll see if my good outweighs the bad. Or I don't know if maybe I was really saved or not. I don't have this in my notes, but I love this verse. First John five thirteen. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. Is that you today? If you're saved in Jesus Christ, John, uh, through the Spirit's writing this, that ye may know that ye have eternal life. Amen? Not that ye, he's saying that ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Do you want to know how we can be sure of our salvation? Is how did you get it? How did you get it? Did you get it through Jesus Christ? Did you come to him as a sinner? and want a new life and trusted in him for salvation. John is saying through the Holy Spirit, he's saying, if that's how you came, you can know you're saved today. The emotions don't always tell me I'm saved, right? My mind doesn't always agree that I'm saved. But you know what I have to do? I have to take my emotions, 
my mind, my doubts, and I have to bring it right back here and say, this is how God said to come to him. This is how he said is the only way to get sins forgiven. And I, I say, this is how I came and I followed what he said. So therefore, I am saved today, whether I feel it or not. No man's plucking us out. And I say, praise God for that. We live in a world, you know, you realize they could lock us up. They could take our Bibles away. They could uh, uh, rip families apart, and that has happened to Christians over the, over the centuries. But I'm telling you, even if they did that, they can't take away your salvation. Praise God. Amen. That blesses me. But let's go back to verse 24. How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. And he's already told him, I told you. And he's already told him, I've showed you. You've seen it. But look at verse 30. In spite of all that, he didn't have to give them an answer. He didn't have to tell them anymore because of what he's already told him. But he says, I and my father are one. I can't think of a more simple statement that they're asking, are you the Messiah? Make it plain. We're confused. We think you're the one spreading doubt in my mind. And he's saying, if you want to know who I am, I and the Father are one. We're the same. We're not different. We don't have different agendas. We don't sound differently. We don't act differently. We don't treat anybody differently. We're the same. There's no difference. That's why the Bible says, you've seen Jesus, you've seen God the Father. Yeah. Amen. They're in tune today. There's not three different programs with the Trinity. It's one program. It's one God. And he makes it plain. And you're thinking, well, Mike, I don't know if he made it plain enough for them. Well, look at the very next verse. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. They understood it. It was plain. They rejected it yet again. That's the problem. They were confused. They said our problem yet again is Jesus, you're calling yourself God. They wouldn't believe it. But what about you today? Where are you at today? Are you going to Jesus and blaming him that you won't believe? Are you saying I'm doubting because the Bible just is confusing? Really, the excuse is you. The excuse was with the Jews. But here's the thing. If you're unsure today, we can show you through God's word how to be sure. If you're not sure you went through the right thing, we can show you what the Bible says. And if you're one of Jesus' sheep today, are you following Jesus? Because he said, that's what happens with my sheep. I, I've heard different ones say this over the years. They went to a place where uh, and watched shepherds and sheep. And they say the amazing thing is that all these sheep can come together uh, and drink water at the same place. But when their shepherd is ready to go, they whistle, they say a few words. And the sheep that are theirs will turn their head immediately and start to follow the shepherd. Right? As dumb as they are, he said, they know exactly who to follow. Yeah. I'm glad. I've heard his voice. Amen. Aren't you? And I keep hearing his voice through his word. But one day, 
I'm going to hear it audibly. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And if he calls the church home, there's going to be a shout. And I believe he's calling our names. And I believe that voice that we've never heard audibly won't sound strange. But all of a sudden we'll be able, I don't know if we'll even have enough time to look up, but we will recognize that voice. Just like when we see Jesus, even though these eyes have never seen him, when we do see Jesus, he won't be a stranger. Amen. He'll, he'll, he'll look as if he always thought he would look. All these things, our mind may not be able to imagine it, but he will be exactly who he should be. And we'll know his voice and we'll be with him forever. But here's the thing, or you like the Jews, you just wish Jesus would be gone. And maybe you're not saying that with your words, but with your actions. I wish he'd stop preaching about Jesus. I wish that church would just uh, preach something that would uplift me and make me feel good in my sin and my disobedience. Well, we can't do that today. Maybe another minister can, but I can't. Why? Because I fear God. And one day I'm going to have to stand before God and give an account for every word that I've ever said behind this pulpit and any other ones. And I'm going to try to do as best I can to follow his word. And here's the thing. We have to give an account to how we respond to his word too. When that shepherd tells us something and we decide not to follow, that's on us. It's not Jesus's fault. The problem is not that the gospel is too hard to understand. We had little kids give their life to the Lord a couple weeks ago in vacation Bible school. The problem is he requires us to surrender our life to him. And they don't always want to do that. But here's the thing. Life with Jesus Christ is better. The new life is way better than the old life. I only lived the old life for nine years and I can tell you the new life's better. But I can point you to a whole lot of people that were in this world for much longer. They were sinners much longer, encountered many more things and they say, listen, this new life is so much better the old life doesn't even compare. But what's the devil want you? He wants to glorify the old life. Glorify life and sin, but it's awful. I'm telling you what, I'm glad he'll give you a new heart, a new start, save your soul, forgive you, and then you can follow him. He's not a hireling. That's what it says early in the chapter. He's not a hired shepherd. He's the shepherd that gave his life for the sheep. He loves us and he wants you today. He doesn't just want your mind. He wants a relationship with you. Amen. Amen. He wants the whole thing. I'm going to ask everyone to stand.